0: This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey, now. Hello. Uh, How are you? I'm good. Did a lot of shoveling yesterday, though. You know, it was all bullshit. It was all bullshit. We were all talking the pod yesterday. And I got a couple DMs on it, by the way, as the snow was falling, where I was. It was a lot. I feel like it was more than 10 centimeters. I don't know. But we were like, yeah, can- don't shovel it. <laughs> shovel the sidewalks only. And then I went out there and I'm like, wow, it's really falling. I, I can't leave this. So I shoveled my driveway, shoveled the sidewalk. And, of course, the plow came, and I had to shovel the very end of the driveway. Heavy snow, shoveled my neighbor's sidewalks, too, because I was out there anyway. Might as well. I did the opposite. So, yes, for those who DM'd and called me out and said, you're probably not going to do that, right? No, I didn't do it. I didn't just shovel the sidewalks. I shoveled it all.
1: I have a nice snowblower, and even I looked out yesterday and thought, maybe that won't all melt, actually. (laughs) I I should probably clean that up. So I did. The, uh, The driveway got cleared yesterday, and I broke my snowblower. There's a cable that connects oh, no. the, it's the one that controls the auto drive. Yeah. You, you just pull the handle down and bam, it drives itself. Yeah. The cable that connects that to the transmission broke. So I got to get a new cable. So this is why you don't shovel during these big storms when it's going to be eight degrees the next day.
0: Yeah. And it is. I mean, it is, it's going to get warm up and a lot of this is going to melt, but in the moment, I mean, no, there's no way I was driving over top of that. I said, forget it uh before
1: we get to anything else uh, the story that is worldwide news in less than 24 hours out of canada is one that i think we should all be talking about and coming up in this episode we're going to talk uh the bank of canada did not raise interest rates today that's good we're going to talk about overhauling the kindergarten curriculum in ontario we keep changing it for some reason and confusing kids but we're going to change it back to the way it was we'll get to that as well but first This is a really important one. Yesterday, a federal judge who was appointed by the liberals Mm -hmm. released a decision on arguments that were heard back in April. The Canadian Civil Liberties Association and several other groups were challenging the federal government's use of the Emergencies Act to end the Freedom Convoy. Let's go back to two years ago. You remember the Freedom Convoy. In fact, if you go back and listen to our... After nine, yeah, you could do that.
0: Yeah, you could do that. It's like a little time capsule, which we love.
1: We were very, very consistent. After the first weekend, we said, "You know what? I think you guys made your point. You should probably go home because it's it's not going to end well if you don't." And sure enough, it didn't. The federal government really embellished what was going on because we all know what was going on. It was bouncy castles and barbecues and people singing and stuff like that. It wasn't violent. Even the police admit it wasn't violent. But the government was gaslighting every Canadian into thinking that this was some imminent threat to our sovereignty and our security. So they used that as an excuse to invoke the Federal Emergencies Act. Yesterday, the judge ruled that that was a violation of our constitutional rights. It went squarely against the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Mm. Justice Richard Mosley is his name. He used to be a lawyer for the Justice Department. This is a guy who has experience in federal politics. He said after listening to the arguments presented by lawyers for the Canadian Civil Liberties Association and the other groups, he decided it wasn't necessary to use the Emergencies Act. It wasn't targeted because, as we were all pointing out at the time, there was no emergency outside of Ottawa, if you even consider what was happening in Ottawa, an emergency. The judge did rule that or or comment that this got way out of hand because Ottawa police were completely ineffective at dealing with that and, and the federal government did have other tools at their disposal to end that convoy and clear the blockade around Parliament Hill. It was a very, very clear damning indictment of the federal government invoking the Emergencies Act, which again Now, the courts have said, was a violation of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which Mm -hmm. belongs to all of us. We all have the same rights. As soon as we're born as Canadians, we're entitled to the rights and protections that the Charter offers. Now, rather than come out yesterday and say, okay, we are uh, believers in the judiciary. We agree that the justice system is just and the judge has made a decision... We accept the decision and even though we don't agree with it we accept the decision and we apologize unreservedly to Canadians and we'll do what we can to make it up to you. That would have been the appropriate response. Instead, we got this from not even the prime minister. He's in hiding. It's the deputy prime minister Chrystia Freeland.
0: The public safety of Canadians was under threat.
1: Our national security which includes our national economic security was under threat it was a hard decision to
0: take we took it very seriously
1: and then she announced that they're going to appeal the decision. Oh,
0: okay. All right. Because I was going to say, now what? Okay. So after all that, now what? Okay. And they have every right to do that.
1: Sure. It, well, you know, I mean, I don't know that they do. This is a federal judge that they appointed Yeah. that, I mean, let me correct that. They do have a right to appeal it. I'm not sure that they should. This is a judge federal that was appointed by them, used to work in their justice department, who listened to all the evidence in a very, very detailed trial that featured many different lawyers from many different groups. And that judge, good on this judge, was objective enough that they could step back and say, even though the people who appointed me aren't going to like this, right is right and wrong is wrong, and the government was wrong on this. They were so wrong that they used it to suspend our charter rights. In particular, what finally put it over the edge, I think, if I'm reading between the lines, is when they started freezing bank accounts That was worldwide news at the time because governments, Mm -hmm. uh, authoritarian governments may do it, but in a democracy, that typically doesn't happen. But our government did it. They froze the bank accounts of people who just donated to a cause they believe in. The demonstrators themselves, not a threat, not a clear and present danger to the security of Canada or our economic security. The judge also pointed out that in Ontario, when they declared the Emergencies Act was in effect, they'd already cleared the issue at the Windsor border crossing, Premier Ford took care of that in two days. It was done. It was over. He got rid of it just fine without the Emergencies Act. So all that added up, the judge has now decided that the federal government, man, it just sounds weird to say this because it's surreal. I never thought I'd see the day in a G7 country, and a true democracy, that the federal government infringed on our civil rights. The government violated the Constitution. So the question now is, now what? What do we do? We had the Rouleau Commission come out, and and they said, oh, no, no, they were perfectly justified to do it, but they're not uh, a court. A court has ruled they had no right to do it. So I'll go first. The prime minister needs to step down. In any other circumstance, if you're found by a court, a judge that you appointed, if that judge says, actually... You committed the most serious crime of them all. You violated the rights of your citizens.
0: He has to step down. As long as the outrage is there, though, he's not doing it. He's not like there's no way he's just going to go. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll step down. There's no way we all know him. It's not happening. It's not happening. Like I said, unless there's got to be like total outrage. And he still has a lot of support. So I don't see him doing it if it's his choice. If If it comes down to his decision at any point. He won't. he won't. I don't do it.
1: I don't think he will either. But I mean, let me just flip it around for a second here. If Stephen Harper were still in power, nobody would have been. Nobody would have been able to beat Justin Trudeau to stand up and say, "You broke the law. You need to step down." Every newspaper columnist, every radio commentator, every pundit on the news. Every single one of them and probably a vast majority of Canadians would be demanding that he step down immediately. You need to go now that the judge has said it was a violation of Canadians' rights. And, and I think everyone listening knows that that's true. If it were Harper, hell, even if it were one of the predecessors, mm-hmm. if Jean Chrétien had done it, if Brian Mulroney had done it, if Paul Martin had done it, that would be the gentleman thing to do. It would be leadership. To say, you know what? I disagree with the decision, but this is what the judge says. I'm going to step down out of principle.
0: Yeah. Different guy, though.
1: He's a totally different, different, different
0: guy. guy. Different guy. And and that, that's what you're going to get with that. It's He's not doing it.
1: You know what else we're going to get? A lot of fucking lawsuits. A lot of lawsuits are coming because now the people who had their bank accounts frozen, now the people who got trampled by horses, all the people who had their cars towed ridiculously, <laughs> yeah. all that shit. Now a judge has given them everything they need to start filing lawsuits against the government. That'll be interesting. But back to a point I made earlier this week, the government doesn't have any money. So when the government gets sued, it's taxpayer money that pays out those settlements. So now it's gone full circle. It has come back to the people, except now the people got to pay for what the government did. Now, Justin Trudeau hasn't come out and spoken publicly since that decision came down. And I'm not sure if he's going to. Maybe he just wants to hide and hope this goes away. I'm shocked he hasn't come out and said he's got COVID again and needs to isolate for six
0: weeks. (laughs) That might happen, actually. It
1: might, actually. Myself and the entire cabinet caught COVID. We're going to be isolating for six months. You never know. Anyway, he did do uh, a bit of a presser before, and he was asked a very direct question about his vacation. The vacation that he took over Christmas, that story has evolved Uh, quite a few times. Was it
0: Jamaica? Remind me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Where the story changed because initially to try and shut everybody up, he said, okay, I've pre-cleared my vacation with the ethics commissioner and I'll be paying all my own expenses. As it turns out, those were both lies because the ethics commissioner does not pre-clear vacations and no, he didn't pay for it. A reporter yesterday asked the Prime Minister about that, and his answer, some are saying, was very, very patronizing. Listen to this.
0: My name is Marika Walsh with the Globe and Mail. You just laid out the tough economic times that Canadians are facing. You say you're seized with the issue. Did you consider that backdrop when you decided to take an $80,000 free vacation?
1: Uh, as many Canadians did, I stayed with friends uh, over the holidays.
0: Many Canadians don't have access to $90,000 free vacation, so... So can you just explain a bit more of the thinking as to why you take these vacations and how you think Canadians receive them? Like many Canadians did, I stayed with family friends uh, over the holidays. Next question. <laughs> That's it? That's all we yeah. said? Yeah, of course, yeah. Holy
1: shit. Yeah, yeah. It is uh, just surreal <laughs> what is going on right now. But hey, listen, make no mistake about it. January 23rd, 2024 will be a historic day. It will eventually show up in history books. That was the day a federal court found our federal government violated the Charter Rights of Canadians. We should never forget that. I don't know how we make sure it never happens again. I'm pretty sure that unless it truly is an emergency, like we're being invaded by aliens or the Russians or something, we will never see the Emergencies Act again. And God help the next government that tries to freeze bank accounts. Well, even at that, I don't think any other government would try that. But it certainly <laughs> set a lot of precedent. And what I'm wondering now is what does it mean for protests? They weren't saying that what the Freedom Convoy did was right. What they're saying is when the government responded to it by invoking the Emergencies Act because they wanted to quash any dissension here that they violated the Constitution. I think there's some people who are thinking what this means is we can go out and protest again and the government really can't do shit about it. And frankly, it's hard to argue that based on what's been released in this decision. So hopefully somebody comes out soon and clarifies what is okay and what's not okay. You have a right to protest, but you can't do this, that, or the other thing. Somebody's got to clarify it because there's a lot of people that are really adamant about protesting shit right now. And frankly, we don't want this to get out of hand. Let's move on, Kat, because there's a few other things on the go. Mm -hmm. Seven out of ten Canadians are worried that they will not be able to get good quality medical care or that their family members won't be able to get it when they need it. Yeah, you should be. This just came up, You should be. Uh, yeah. Leger surveyed over 1,500 Canadians last weekend, Canadians in every province, and they asked, What are your thoughts on our healthcare system? Surprisingly, 37% rated the healthcare system as poor or very poor. I thought it'd be a lot higher. 26% said it's good. In other words, Way more people say it's a bad system or very bad than say it's just okay.
0: I would love that to be the... How do we know that those people have even taken part in it? Do we know that? What? I want people who've actually gone through any type of any type of um, situation in our healthcare system, who've had to wait in the ER, who've had to wait for surgeries, etc. Because any Joe or Schmo, if you don't have to use it, yeah, you don't really think much of it. It's kind of like a... Best way I could say it is out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. You're just like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. No, it's good. We have free health here. It's good. I'm happy. Until you're in that moment where you're like, oh, wow, I've been waiting all day in the ER for someone to, you know, see me or see my loved one. Right. My elderly uh, parents, my child, uh, whatever it might be for you. That's when you realize, wow, we've got a lot of shit to fix around here.
1: You're probably right. A lot of these people probably don't use
0: yeah. the health care system I, as
1: often as others I do. I probably
0: would have rated it better a year ago. But in the last, you know, half of the last year, I I had to wait in a lot of ERs for my kid, and it it was a terrible, terrible experience, (laughs) really.
1: Well, get this. Only 17% of Canadians think the healthcare system is going to improve at all in the next two years. Less than one in five are optimistic that things are getting better. In other words... More than 80% feel the healthcare system will continue to be shit or get even worse mm-hmm. in the next 2 years. Interesting. What what are we doing here? I mean, it's not like there's not enough money. There are tens of billions of dollars that go into the healthcare system every year. Surely that's enough. If we broke it down and divided it by every Canadian, the total amount that we spend on healthcare divided by the population, it would be shocking how much We're spending on every single Canadian. And of course, not everybody uses it. I haven't been to the hospital in God knows how long. Others are there regularly. Some people stay overnight. I've never once stayed overnight in the hospital. There's all kinds of different levels of health that we're at. But if you use it as an average, it's crazy how much each one of us are paying. In fact, it is mind-boggling that they can't figure this out. I really don't know what the solution is. I'd like to see more private innovation, more entrepreneurs who want to open up clinics and labs and maybe walk-in clinics and shit like that. But I don't even know if that would solve the problem now. And clearly, Canadians are very, very pessimistic about this whole system. Understandable. Yesterday, the education minister came out and announced an overhaul of the kindergarten curriculum to, quote, put a focus on back-to-basics learning in reading, writing, writing. And math. This has been basically a hallmark of the Ford government since he got elected in his first term. The premier has said he wants to get kids back to basics because the education system underwent a lot of changes in the years that Dalton McGinty was the premier, followed by Kathleen Wynne as the premier. There was a lot of changes and not everybody thinks they were good ones. So the new changes that were announced yesterday are going to start in September 2025 which makes me feel bad for kids that are going to school in September 2024. They'll be the last ones on what we now say is ineffective curriculum. If you've got a kid going to school in September, they're going to be learning the current stuff. The reason we're getting rid of the current stuff is because it's not as effective as what we're switching to or back to Come September 2025.
0: And I mean, but keep in mind, we're talking about classrooms full of like 30 kids. Let's let's just say 30 because it's a nice even number where where it does work for some kids or some kids will catch on or be taught at home. I think that's the key with that. So I'm in that boat. I have have a kindergartner, a JK right now. She's going to be an SK come September. So she's she's at the end of it. But what I did learn while my uh, oldest was in kindergarten when, for example, um, sight words. I mean, you spoke on English th- about the English curriculum changing. And we know that that's we already knew about that, that it was changing back, back to phonics. But I found my kid learned best with sight words first and then went into phonics. Keep in mind, you're your are your kid's teacher, too. So if, if this new curriculum doesn't work for you or the, the one that we're in right now doesn't work for you and you like the thought of this, you can start teaching them at any time you want. Any friggin' time you want, you can start teaching your kid. You're their teacher too.
1: The education minister says the new curriculum will combine hands-on and play-based learning. Which, as I understand it, they do a good. lot of play-based learning. Lots now. of it.
0: Yep, yep. And it, it works the best. It really does for a lot of the kids. I, again, I won't. There's thirty. If there's thirty kids in a classroom, it probably works best for like twenty-eight of them. But the ECES, especially, they're really good for pinpointing which one might need a l- little bit of a different, you know, mm. setup.
1: They're also going to give kids foundational skills as they head into their elementary classes. In the same way that elementary school is supposed to prepare you for high school, kindergarten was always intended, until recently, to prepare you for those elementary grades. So, elements of the literacy changes include an understanding of sound letter relationships. In other words, here's an A. An A could be ah, or it could be a, it could be aw. There's a number of ways to do it. We all understand that. It's also going to develop phonics knowledge, how to sound out those letters that make those sounds, and that becomes a word. They're going to combine that with the, uh, hang on, let me get it exact here, an understanding of sound letter relationships, developing phonics knowledge, and using specific vocabulary, which would be the sight words that you mentioned there. Mm-hmm. For math, students are going to learn about patterns, coding, and fractions. You know, we mentioned this today, and right off the bat, listener texts in, "Ah, kindergarten's way too young for kids to be learning about fractions. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Do you really think that they're going to make a kid, hey, here's one quarter and here's two thirds, divide it. Of course they're not going to do that. It's kindergarten. They're going to (laughs) hold up a goddamn cookie and say, hey, here's a cookie. It's one cookie. If I break it in half... Do I still have one cookie? Yes, but you've got two halves of a cookie. Two halves make a whole. These are basic things that kids should know when they get to grade one. Kids should know the days of the week. Kids should know how to look at a clock. Kids should understand all this shit when they get to the elementary grades. Mm -hmm. And frankly, a lot of that has been pushed off to the wayside over the last couple of years. So I am so happy that they've done this because it's going to make a... A, a big change overall for the kids going into elementary school. It's one thing to change the high school curriculum, which we've done. Another thing to change those intermediate curriculums and a little bit of the elementary stuff. But it starts in kindergarten. Yeah, I think Actually, it, it starts before kindergarten. It starts with you as a parent yeah. reading to your kid.
0: And doing all these basics, a hundred percent. I like a mix of everything. You know what I mean? I I do like when it comes to English. I do a mix of phonics and a mix of sight words. It works for my kids anyway. It's it's working well. Um, and and coding was another one. People like coding. Why are we having them at computers? I, I implore you, please look up like the the beginning of coding. There, there's actually kids coding books you can find online. Very again, like Scott said, with the fractions, it's true with the coding too. Very basic ways to start to learn and understand the beginnings of it. The basics. Look it up. Okay. So don't think that we're talking about fucking college coding here or, or university coding. They're not going to design a video game in kindergarten. Like Bring it back to the basics, and that's what they're talking about. And I think there's zero wrong with that. That's great. This
1: is ju- The people who oppose this are the people who, again, hate change. Yes, I know. You don't like it when anything changes. You, you hate the way everything is. I know. That's you. Well, uh, people like that, people who just don't like this government for whatever reason. They just don't like Doug Ford, so they don't like anything that comes out of them. If you're objective and you stop and take a step back and think about, huh, how did I get here? Oh, I learned on the way that they're going to start doing again. This should give you a clue of where we're going. It's a return to back to basics, back to the way things were, including phonics, including uh, fractions, including stuff that kids should know by the time they leave kindergarten. And frankly, a lot of them are going into grade one with no idea about some of the basic stuff that they probably, again, should have learned. Uh, let's talk about, uh, WWE. Yeah. Let's get to yeah. WWE. We don't talk wrestling very often here on the podcast, but this is a massive deal in terms of sports, in terms of business and in terms of entertainment. It could also cost a lot of people their jobs. And I'm a little worried about yeah.
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that we need to look into here, especially in Canada. And I mean, in the U S the same thing,
1: Netflix is getting the rights to WWE. And if you don't watch WWE, maybe you don't understand just how big it is. This is a show, Monday Night Raw, is a show that has been on every single week since 1993. One of the longest-running would you call it a series or a sitcom? Uh, it's not a sitcom. <laughs> it's uh,
0: it's uh, definitely a soap opera.
1: Soap opera <laughs> drama, yeah. It's one of the longest running ones. It's had an incredible run, uh, and it generates millions of dollars a year for WWE, but also for the broadcasters that carry it. Right now, Sportsnet has the rights to WWE in Canada, but now that's going to Netflix, and I'm a little yeah. worried about the staff at Sportsnet because that's going to be a big revenue hit.
0: I think this, the staff at Sportsnet's afraid of the staff at Sportsnet, too, no doubt about it. I'm not sure. We can't tell right now. There's a lot of questions still of whether this was kind of more of a blind side or whether Sportsnet or Peacock over in the States there who has some, some deals with WWE uh if they were blindsided by it or if they knew if they had an inkling i don't know but i'm telling you it's a lot of dough uh 10 years at what's canadian by the way 6.7 billion canadian dollars wow it's huge so they've announced that it's us canada united kingdom latin america so far and more will more will come netflix is everywhere so eventually yeah of course they're going to dub that shit they're going to dub it in german they're going to dub that fucking everywhere Are you kidding me they're going to make that dough Um, I'm, I'm curious myself. And, um, I believe Sportsnet was asked about it by CBC, if I'm not mistaken, and they have not replied to, but back to it, uh, on, on top of that too, with this news, it means that Dwayne, the rock Johnson's going to sit on the board, the, the TKO group, and he gets to have the rights to his nickname, the rock up until this point, maybe you didn't realize he doesn't have the rights to his nickname, the rock. He does now as part of this deal.
1: That was also part of the reason, though, that he tried to go back to Dwayne Johnson. It just never really caught on because everybody knew him as The Rock. There is still a caveat in that deal, apparently, for Dwayne The Rock Johnson, that for the next 10 years, WWE can still use that trademark on merch, apparel. If they do, if they convince him to come back and and wrestle somebody at WrestleMania or whatever, then they yeah. can still use it for but, 10 years. But he has
0: stock he has in the old. company. So having, having the stock in the company might equal out to him getting paid for any rock merchandise that they might put out there, I think. He's smart. He's a smart businessman, for sure. Uh, I'm curious how this is going to go. Some of it's going to be live, and apparently they're going to... Again, some of these are just reports right now. We know all these other things for fact that it's happening. Um, but when it comes to past, like, Wrestlemania, so let's say I want to watch Wrestlemania 1995 or whatever, I can go back on Netflix and watch it. Like, that's apparently part of the deal is archive footage. They get everything, which makes me think you're not going to be able to get it on demand anywhere else. Like, it's it, this is an exclusive deal by all means, period, the end.
1: You know what worries me here is I still pay. Call me a dinosaur if you want. I have a basic Cable TV package. Now, I have no cable coming into the house. I have a Bell 5 TV account. So I just, I have it on a fire stick at home. Just turn on the fire stick, go into the Bell app, and I can watch TV just like I've got one of the cable receivers there. And it's cheap. It's like 25 bucks a month. It comes with my five TSN and my five Sportsnet channels. Great. That's how I watch the vast majority of the sports I watch. Football, basketball, hockey, you name it. That's how I watch it. Now that Netflix has opened Pandora's box here and gotten really into the sports Mm -hmm. world, they've got the rights to WWE. How long? Until that cable that I'm paying for is completely irrelevant and I need Netflix to watch wrestling and I need Apple TV to watch golf and then I need Crave to watch the NHL and I need Peacock or Hulu or something like that to watch the Mm -hmm. NBA. Yeah. The whole thing is going to get way out of control if these streaming services buy up the rights to sports properties because we're all going to have to subscribe to a ton of shit or you're going to miss a lot of stuff that you like. And I think they're banking on, you know what? For sports, people will pay $15 a month, $25 a month. I won't. I'll just stop watching basketball or hockey or whatever else goes on to a streaming platform that I don't have. So be forewarned here, streaming companies, before you fork out the billies, I'm I'm out.
0: This is always the plan, though, especially for Netflix. You th- they went live recently, right? They've already had a few live events and they fixed a lot of bugs. You remember the very first one, I think, was or one of the first ones was the Love Is Blind finale um, that that aired that was supposed to be live and then they it ended up on air like uh, like an hour later. So they were fixing bugs. You don't think that they went into so much work to go live for Love Is Blind? Fuck no. They had something bigger and better planned and they needed to use a few other things to kind of see how things went. And one of those things they had on their mind was clearly something like a live wrestling event. So they knew that this was going to be in play. And if they can do it, you're damn right other ones are going to do it. They're going to follow. There's going to be an official NFL. In fact, I believe some NFL games are already streamed on. Is it Amazon Prime? I want to say it's Amazon Prime in the States. You stream some of the football games there.
1: Peacock was carrying a couple of the and playoff Peacock games. Peacock was
0: carrying, yeah, and Peacock was also carrying WWE. Poor Peacock. Yeah. Ooh, they got woof. There. Um, well, they didn't. They probably had an opportunity
1: to buy. I'm sure the WWE didn't phone Netflix and say, "Hey, if you give us five billion dollars, you can have the rights to our stuff." This is something that got negotiated. There yeah. probably would have been a lot of back and forth. Yeah. And maybe it was offered up to. Apple TV or HBO Max or any of the other ones. Oh, Some of them very, that we don't very even have here.
0: True, very true. Um, yeah, it's cu- I'm so curious how this is going to go, but it's January 2025 that it's going to begin, guys. And will your rate go up because of it? That's another conversation we had today. Are they going to just take an, a pay on the side? Like, for example, hey, guess what? You want WWE, it's going to be an extra 4.99 a month for you. Um, add it to your Netflix subscription. Or maybe they're just going to put it right there in the price and everyone gets it, but that means everyone's Netflix subscription is going to go up. I don't like that. Maybe if that's the way they do it. You know what? I'd rather them do it on the side for sure. Do it on the side. Please, please, please. But I feel like they might lose money that way, though. They know they're not going to make as much. We're talking about, again, I'm going to say it, guys, 6.7 billion Canadian dollars. They're going to raise their prices no matter what. Even if they do a second tier of like, here's WWE, you want that? Your basic one is still going to go up by January 2025. There's no doubt about it. Hmm. They don't make that they don't spend that much money and not get a handout from you as a subscriber.
1: The Bank of Canada is going to uh, they did make their interest rate announcement. They left the rates unchanged. It is going to be at five percent again. There is no interest rate announcement in February. So we will be paying these rates until the beginning of March. I think it's March 6th or something like that. They do the next announcement Then there will be one in April. There won't be one in May. There will be one in June. The thought of raising interest rates right now, and let me tell you the reality of it the way I see it. They threaten us with, we might still have to raise rates. Inflation is still going up. Inflation is out of control. We still might need to raise rates. That's a scare tactic because they're still, they're trying to not let the housing market get completely batshit crazy, which it's about to do when they start to lower rates. So they'll keep this threat out there that we might need to raise them again. I think most people agree they know they can't raise them any further. They know that if they do, it's going to be a complete shit show. Yeah. It it is now. It's just you don't hear anything about it. But go ahead and talk to bankers, and they'll tell you how many people are coming in saying, I need to refinance or I need to sell. I need to do something. It's happening. There's just the story's getting buried. So we know that the rates are either going to stay the same or they're going to drop. Most people think by the middle of this year, the July announcement, is when they'll likely start to drop. And they won't drop as fast as they went up. When they were going up, they were raising it like a full point at a time. Yeah. When it goes down, it'll be like, we're going to cut rates by a quarter point. We're going to raise point. It'll go down so slowly. But as long as they're still going down, they won't feel the full wrath of Canadians because Canadians forget and they don't get nearly as angry as they should about stuff. Yeah. So it'll be slow. But once those rates start coming down, man, I think that it is just going to be, I I don't even know what's going to happen to the economy because there's a lot of people right now who are maxed out between their mortgage or their rent and everything else. Every time the rates go down, your payment goes down. So if you're paying $3,000 a month right now for your mortgage, maybe that quarter or half point cut gives you an extra couple hundred bucks a month. Maybe it gives you more, and it could, depending on the Mm -hmm. size of your mortgage. People are going to treat it like they found money. In a lot of cases. Maybe, yeah. Now, it might make sense to take that money and redump it onto the principal of your mortgage, pay off some of your credit card debt with it, bank it, put it in a TFSA. Those are all the practical things that financial advisors are going to try and pressure the living shit out of you to do. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't change the fact that people have been cooped up, living on check to check for a couple of years now because of the Bank of Canada and them so bad at their job. And I think that once people start to get a little bit of that extra money in their pocket, it's going to create a frenzy of buying.
0: Yeah. And the housing market's going to uh, you're going to see that happening, too. And that'll be just in time for spring. By all means, every prediction that we had heard and even the, the people that we've had on the podcast, including Tony Joel Hall, a lot of those who predicted it said April. And it looks as though that that's about right. I think
1: if they don't in April, there's going to be a riot. Yeah, people it's gonna be bad. Are dying for this? People yeah. are are at their the end of the rope. They can't do anymore. And Christmas didn't help. Christmas spending was down this year, but not down as much as you'd think based on how strapped everybody is. So I think everybody's hanging on to the hope, April. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it is going to be April. And Who if knows? it's not, yeah. I would. If I were Tiff Macklem, I'd get the hell out of Canada because people are going to come looking for him like a lynch mob. Valentine's Day, three
0: weeks from today. Kat? <laughs> Speaking of strapped for cash, we did a great little uh, chat on this on the Scott and Cat show today, and a lot of people, it seems, are going away with their usual Valentine's Day things, and a lot of it has to do with the amount of money they spend. Yep.
1: The average person in a relationship thinks the appropriate amount to spend on their significant other is around 150 bucks.
0: Uh, for one For Valentine's Day alone? What are you doing then? I guess dinner, or movie... Like some people just do the obligatory stuff just because? Well,
1: some people do it because it's a good excuse
0: to have a date night.
1: Sure. Some people don't do it on Valentine's Day. It's a Wednesday this year. So some people will say, you know what, we'll do something on the weekend. And that's fine too. However, there's no right or wrong way to do Valentine's Day. Uh, Some people choose not to do Valentine's Day because they already do a Valentine's Day on their anniversary or whatever. So that aside... 150 bucks is probably on. If you average it out between the two people in the relationship, and hopefully there's only two,
0: then... (laughs) Hey, to each their own. I thought we're not judging here. Maybe a gift,
1: (laughs) maybe not. Maybe a dinner, maybe not. Maybe a babysitter for the night, maybe not. Maybe a hotel, it probably does average out to about 300 bucks per couple or 150 a person. But on the flip side, this is the highest I've ever seen this number. Three weeks out, 30% of people in relationships say they will spend zero on Valentine's Day this year because it's too expensive and or their financial situation doesn't allow for it.
0: Not surprising at all. Those results aren't surprising. I mind you, I thought it'd be even higher than that. Really? Really? Maybe.
1: And it probably will be. These are just people who said, oh, I'm not doing Valentine's Day.
0: Yeah. Well, a quick poll we did was like a lot of people were like, nope. We're staying in. Nope. We don't do anything. Nope. We're not Valentine's Day people. There's a lot of nopes. I noticed 17% would insist that if they don't get
1: something for Valentine's Day, that they, it gets made up to them at another time. In other words, if the economy's <laughs> insist, real bad
0: listen to that. and
1: you guys can't afford to do anything, 17% of those people say, well, they can make it up to me when times are better. Like they're keeping score, like, oop, 2024, yeah. you didn't get me anything for Valentine's Day, so you owe me something.
0: Uh, when you're in a partnership, though, it shouldn't be that way. No. It's like, we're a team here, and if things are a little tight for us right now, we both agree. Let's not do it. We'll skip right over it. I was insisting that you got to spend later. Like, I'm remembering that you better buy me flowers another time. Like, get out of here.
1: You know what? All the time. See, Valentine's Day is when I get real critical about shit like flowers. Like, oh, it's crazy how much they charge for roses around Valentine's Day, and they're not that expensive any other time of the year, and blah, blah, blah. But then I never actually go out and buy those flowers any other time of year. It only seems to come up around Valentine's Day. I got to make an effort, maybe all of us need to make an effort, to be a little more thoughtful throughout the year.
0: Yeah, that's right. We don't need to do it on Valentine's Day. If you hate Valentine's
1: Day, the number one way to get rid of Valentine's Day is to be romantic or thoughtful at other times of the year and it doesn't need to be every week, doesn't need to be every month. Do you know how far it would go if you surprised your your husband with this or that? Or guys, if you brought home flowers mm. or if you on
0: a random day. On
1: a random day, yeah. if you Uber Eats to her a Starbucks at work just because you were oh, thinking about it. Oh, that's so
0: her. nice. There's so many things you
1: can yeah. do that are romantic and thoughtful. And when you do those things, People don't give a fuck about Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is basically there to make up for what a shithead you've been all year round. (laughs) And it doesn't need to be that way. It doesn't. Three weeks from today is Valentine's Day. Uh, You're okay, right? You didn't get fired or anything?
0: Uh, Not that I know of. Is okay. Dave in his office?
1: <laughs> TikTok cut a whole bunch of jobs yesterday.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I did hear about this. It,
1: it, actually, I shouldn't say a whole bunch. 60 positions were eliminated at TikTok. When you compare it to the amount of people that have been fired at Discord, Twitch, Google, it's Amazon. It's not that much. It's
0: really- it's not that many people.
1: No, no, you're absolutely right. It's not that bad. However, when it comes to media, the LA Times, which cut 70 positions back in June- just announced they're firing another 94 newsroom employees. Jeez. The LA Times Guild, which is their union, walked off the job last Friday to protest job cuts. As soon as they got back to work this week, they fired
0: 94 people. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That makes me sad, obviously, like when it comes to the broadcasting industry and the news industry. That's sad. The reason for me I think that this
1: is sad is because I I think that we need a diversity of news voices. And we're losing news voices. Yeah, we are. 94 journalists, 94 people that all had their own unique perspective. Now, I don't know much about the LA Times. I don't think I've ever once read it. However, this is a news source for millions upon millions of people. We want more news sources because let me tell you how a newsroom works. If they got rid of 94 people, there's not going to be any less news. They'll still publish the news. The difference is whoever survived this call, senior management probably, those people will then be the ones who decide what gets printed and the angle that gets printed on those stories. When you've got 94 people working there, you might get some different perspectives and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's going to be a very few amount of people now controlling what a very large number of people read, read, and and interact with online
0: and and side note with the technical with the companies in tech um and that would include social media as well it's overhiring they overhired at one point they had to they were living it up overhiring i'm hearing more and more stories about people being let go and that's not the reason that they're given but that's certainly what they know being an employee at the company is they way overhired when they hired me and this they gotta let us all go And on that, we will say, hey, thanks for listening to this episode of After 9. I can't believe it flew
1: by quick today. Uh, If you want, go back and listen to some of those episodes from January, February 2022, when the Freedom Convoy was on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Spoiler alert. The government does impose the Emergencies Act. Spoiler, (laughs) spoiler alert. It was found completely unconstitutional and a violation of our charter rights. That's the news from today, and it's gone full circle. Have a great day, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Apple just rolled out a new security update to protect users' personal data from thieves. Apple put out a press release like, We wouldn't have to do this if you idiots wouldn't stop making your passcode 1234. Authorities in California recently arrested a man at a Planet Fitness gym after he allegedly threatened other patrons with a knife while naked. Wow. Planet Fitness, what happened to your judgment free zone? Taco Bell is offering cereal for a limited time only. Makes sense. You eat enough Taco Bell, your time is limited. Wendy's just added breakfast burritos to their menu. Yeah. I I don't know. I just worry it won't be
0: as authentic as the breakfast burrito I get from Taco Bell.